So Easter is about transformation. Easter is about change. And this morning, I'm very excited that we are culminating really an almost four-month journey through the gospel of John. Estamos en una trayectoria concluyendo cuatro meses en el Evangelio de Juan. And we come to this point today on Easter Sunday, and I would like to read for you from John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. That's our reading of the Easter story today. Vamos a leer de Juan 20, del 11 al 18. But as a part of the larger message series, today we're going to be covering and looking at really the content of chapters 20 and 21, the end of the Gospel of John. Vamos a mirar capítulos 20 21 para concluir Juan. So if you've got a Bible in your phone or a Bible in your hand, find that. And as soon as you've got it, uh, please stand up. There is a tradition of standing for the reading of the, go of the gospel story, the Easter story. So I want to invite you to stand. Did you know the word resurrection in the original language of the Bible means to stand again? To stand again. La resurrección en la, el, el idioma original de la Biblia quiere decir ponerse de pie otra vez. So we're standing again for this message from the gospel. I'm going to read first in Spanish, and then I'll read the text again in English. Leeré primero en español y luego en inglés. This is the good news of our Lord, las buenas noticias del Señor. Dice, María se quedó afuera llorando junto al sepulcro. Mientras lloraba, se inclinó para mirar dentro del sepulcro y vio a dos ángeles vestidos de blanco sentados donde había estado el cuerpo de Jesús. Uno a la cabecera y otro a los pies. ¿Por qué lloras, mujer? Le preguntaron los ángeles. Es que se han llevado a mi Señor y no sé dónde lo han puesto, les respondió. Apenas dijo esto, volvió la mirada y allí vio a Jesús de pie, aunque no sabía que era Él. Jesús le dijo, ¿Por qué lloras, mujer? ¿A quién buscas? Ella, pensando que se trataba del que cuidaba el huerto, le dijo, Señor, si usted se lo ha llevado, dígame dónde lo ha puesto y yo iré por él. María, le dijo Jesús. Ella se volvió y exclamó, Raboni, que en arameo significa maestro, suéltame, porque todavía no he vuelto al Padre. Ve más bien a mis hermanos y diles, vuelvo a mi Padre, que es Padre de ustedes, a mi Dios, que es Dios de ustedes. María Magdalena fue a darles la noticia a los discípulos. He visto al Señor, exclamaba, y les contaba lo que Él le había dicho. Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. 
Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thanks be to God for his word. You may be seated. Pueden sentarse. So once upon a time, a long, long time ago, Friday evening was a time when people would go out of their houses in order to come back to their houses. Era así una vez los viernes las personas salían de las casas para volver a las casas. They would go out, boys and girls, to this place called Blockbuster. And there they would rent these rectangular plastic things called VHS tapes or videos. Even a Blockbuster para alquilar videos. And then they would go back home and they would push these things into a machine called a VCR, a video cassette recorder. Lo metían en una videograbadora. And then they would eat popcorn and watch movies. Y veían películas comiendo palomitas. Now, after the movie was over, there was always an important ritual, an important tradition, and I can remember this very well. Había un rito importante después. In fact, this ritual was so important, so necessary, that most videos had on them a little message telling you about this ritual. Not to forget it. Había un mensaje en video acerca de este rito. It said, be kind, rewind. You guys know it. Be kind, rewind. Sea amable, Rebobina, in other words, return the videotape back to its original position as a courtesy to the next customer, as a courtesy to the next person so that they could watch the movie from the beginning. Hay que volver el video hasta el comienzo para la próxima persona. Be kind, rewind. Se amable, rebobina. Now for us older people, you just heard it. All the old people just said that with me, right? Yeah. Because we remember it. It was ingrained into us. Teníamos ese mensaje en la cabeza. You younger folks are like, no idea what that's about. Don't know what you're talking about, right? Well, that message, be kind, rewind, I think in kind of a strange but fun way, has something to do with what we're celebrating today. Eso tiene que ver con lo que celebramos hoy. As I said a few minutes ago, uh, today, As a church, we are really excited because we are culminating, we're celebrating 16 Sundays. Since the first Sunday of January, we have been in this part of God's Word known as the Gospel of John. And, and today we come to the pinnacle of that, of that process and we come to really the pinnacle of the entire story of John, the most glorious part of John, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hoy llegamos a la cumbre de 16 semanas en Juan a la resurrección de Cristo. And here in the last two chapters, in John chapter 20, in John chapter 21, we find Jesus, the glorified, risen Jesus, appearing to people. Aquí Jesús aparece a algunas personas. He appears to various disciples, various people, in various ways, at, at various places. Él aparece en varios lugares. And, and in all of this, John is eager to show us something. I believe that John is eager to show us God's kindness 
in rewinding. God's kindness in rewinding the story of a broken human race all the way back to the beginning and putting things back the way they were supposed to be, the way they should have been. Vemos aquí la amabilidad de Dios para rebobinar la historia hace comienzo para poner las cosas bien. God in the resurrection of Jesus is somehow declaring that it is his intent to restore what was lost in our world because of sin and because of the brokenness of the human race. Dios va a restaurar lo que se ha perdido por el pecado. Let's take a look here. I think we, we first see God's rewinding action here in the story of Mary Magdalene, the one we just read from, uh, from John chapter 20. Vemos esto en María Magdalena. She's crying. She's next to the empty tomb of Jesus, weeping. And the question on Mary's mind is, where is Jesus? Está llorando María. ¿Dónde está Jesús? Where have you put him? She asks. Where did he go? ¿A dónde fue Jesús? ¿Dónde lo has puesto? Well, the answer is that Jesus is right there. She's looking at him. Jesús está allí, but she doesn't recognize him. She thinks he's the gardener. Ella piensa que es el que cuida el huerto. Now, if we listen carefully, we can find and rewind all the way back to the beginning. To Genesis chapter 3. Rebobinemos a Genesis 3. And there we have another woman who's in a garden, just like Mary Magdalene. Otra mujer en un huerto. Her name is Eve. And what we find is that in, in, in John chapter 20, something happens, right? Jesus speaks out Mary's name. He says, Mary. Jesús dice María. And what happens? Mary's eyes are opened to see Jesus risen from the dead. Sus ojos se le abren para ver a Jesús resucitado. Well, we go back to Genesis chapter 3 and we find Eve in a garden and her eyes are opened. Se le abren los ojos de Eva, but her eyes are not open to something good. Her eyes are open to sin. Because she has disobeyed God. Along with Adam, she's disobeyed and eaten the forbidden fruit. Eva desobedeció a Dios comiendo el fruto prohibido. And what happens then? Adam and Eve, as the story goes, they hide themselves. Who do they hide themselves from? Adán y Eva se esconden. ¿De quién? They hide themselves from the gardener. From God. Del que cuida el huerto. God comes looking for them. And what is God's question? Where are you? Adam and Eve, where have you put yourselves? ¿Dónde están ustedes? Pregunta Dios. Eve's eyes are open to sin and she becomes the one who brings the bad news of death into the world. It starts with that woman Eve. Comienza con Eva. Se le abren los ojos para traer las malas noticias del pecado al mundo. Fast forward now to this garden with Mary, again, her eyes are open. Se le abren los ojos a María, but her eyes are not open to sin and death. Her eyes are open to Jesus risen from the dead. And get this. She's the first one to bring the good news of resurrection life 
into the world to go to the disciples and say I've seen the Lord es la primera en traer las buenas noticias de la resurrección a los discípulos the curse of Eve is reversed God is kind God rewinds Dios es amable Dios rebobina we go on and in, in John chapter 20 verse 19 we find the same evening Jesus appears again to another group of disciples. Ese mismo día Jesús aparece a otros discípulos. And he shows them that he's alive. Se manifiesta vivo. And the disciples, it says, are overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Se alegraron al ver al Señor. But there's one disciple who's not there. Hay un discípulo que no está presente. His name is Thomas. And he, upon hearing about this, has a real problem with it. Uh, Tomás uh, tiene problemas con esto. In John 20, verse 25, Thomas says, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Mientras no vea yo las marcas de los clavos en sus manos y meta mi dedo en las marcas y mi mano en su costado, no lo creeré. Again, if we listen really carefully, I think we can hear an echo that goes all the way back to the beginning. Hay un echo aquí del comienzo. It goes back to the original doubt that was planted into the world in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Va a la duda original de Genesis 3, 1, where the serpent in the garden says to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? ¿Es verdad que Dios les dijo que no comieran de ningún árbol del jardín, dice la serpiente? That's the original doubt of all things. That's where sin came from. Did God really say not to do this? Did God really say to do that? ¿Es verdad que Dios dijera esto o lo otro? And when the serpent planted that doubt, what happened? The woman saw that this forbidden fruit was desirable. It was pleasing to the eye. And she reached out and touched it. And she ate it. And death came to us all from the mother who was supposed to be the mother of the living. Ella vio el fruto que era deseable, lo tocó, lo comió. Y la madre de todos los seres vivientes vino a ser madre de muerte. Fast forward, here we have Thomas. And he's doubting. Did God really say this would happen? Did Jesus really say he would rise again from the dead? ¿Es verdad que Jesús dijera que iba a resucitar? ¿Es verdad que Dios dijo esto? Did God really do this? Did God really speak this out? Well, of course we know Jesus many times, right? Said, I'm going away for a while, I'll be back. I'm going to rise again from the dead. Claro que sí, Jesús dijo varias veces, yo voy a resucitar de los muertos. And then Jesus appears to John. And in John 20, verse 27, what does Jesus say to him? It's amazing what he says. He says, Thomas, or rather Thomas, he appears to Thomas. He says, put your finger here. See my hands. Literally, he's saying, see with your finger if you must. If your eyes don't work, use your finger. Pon tu dedo aquí, mira mis manos. Reach 
out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Acerca tu mano y métela en mi costado. No seas incrédulo, sino hombre de fe. Thomas is doubting. Did Jesus really say this? Did God really do this? And Jesus comes and meets him and says, Here it is. Here's what you need. Here's the evidence. And he even allows Thomas to reach out and touch and experience the fruit of the resurrection, the fruit of new life so that Thomas will believe. He gives him what he needs. Jesús hasta permite que Tomás lo toque y que experimente fruto de la resurrección. If you are doubting today, did God really say that Jesus would rise from the dead? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Let me tell you, there is enough evidence out there. There is enough rational evidence for you to see that this is true. If you're willing to go look for it, God has provided us with enough evidence that Jesus is alive. Not ironclad proof because he wants to see us to see by faith, but there is enough. I challenge you to answer that question. Did God really do it? I think you'll find he did. Hay evidencia de esto. Y les digo, les doy ese reto para que lo investiguen, la resurrección. God is kind to Thomas. Way kinder than maybe Thomas deserved, maybe way kinder than we deserve. But God is kind and he rewinds. Dios es amable y él rebobina. And then finally we have a third example in the last chapter, in John chapter 21. We find our last example of rewinding in Peter. Vemos este ejemplo en Pedro. Of course, we know who Peter is. Peter's the one who on the night of Jesus' arrest and betrayal denied knowing Jesus not once, not twice, but three times he confirmed. Don't know the guy. Have no idea who he is. Don't know him. Tres veces Pedro negó al Señor que no lo conocía. Now, Peter's problem is not doubting the resurrection. He doesn't doubt it. Pedro no duda de la resurrección. In fact, he's one of those who ran to the tomb prior to this encounter with Mary Magdalene. He ran to the tomb. He saw the empty grave clothes, and it says he saw and believed. He believed that. He knew Jesus was alive. Pedro sabía que Jesús era vivo. What Peter doubts, however, is what does this mean now? Because I have denied the risen Lord. How can I face Jesus? How can I ever have a right relationship with him again? Pedro tiene dudas de cómo él puede enfrentar a Jesús. Peter's not sure what to do about that. So, in a way, Peter tries to rewind on his own. Peter goes back to his original job, his job of fishing. Pedro rebobina y vuelve a su trabajo de pesca. He's terrible at it. No good at it. No sabe hacerlo bien. He doesn't catch anything all night. No pesca nada. Toda la madrugada. Until in John chapter 21 verse 6, Jesus appears on the beach. Jesus appears on the shore of the lake even though they do not know it is Jesus. Jesús aparece and he gives them some fishing instructions. Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. He calls out. Tiren la red a la derecha de la barca y pescarán algo. And it says when they did, 
They were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Así lo hicieron y era tal la cantidad de pescados que ya no podían sacar la red. In verse 7, it says, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, said to Peter, It is the Lord. Ese señor dijo Pedro, a Pedro, el discípulo a quien Jesús amaba, es decir, Juan. And as soon as, as Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. Tan pronto como Pedro le oyó decir ese señor, uh, se puso la ropa y se tiró al agua. He comes flying out of that boat into the water, wades to the shore, and he meets Jesus. He's not afraid. He's not even thinking of all the, the mess he's made of things. He just wants to be with him. No está pensando en, en la reguera que hizo antes, solo quiere estar con el Señor. And then there's this unique scene in John chapter 21 where Jesus hosts a men's breakfast on the beach with the guys, right? And they're, they're all there. They're having, they're having a fish for breakfast. That wouldn't be my choice, but they, I'm sure, were happy with it. Because Jesus is with them. Tienen un desayuno en la playa. And Jesus holds this conversation with Peter. And he says, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me? Me quieres, me amas, Pedro, le pregunta Jesús. And he says that not only once, not only twice, but three times. Tres veces le pregunta si Pedro lo ama. And three times, Peter has the opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Si, 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 te amo, te quiero, Señor. And at that point, Jesus does something unexpected. He turns to Peter and he says, well then, I have a job for you, a new job, not, not fishing. Go feed my lambs. Go take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Alimenta mis corderos, uh, cuida de mis ovejas, alimenta mis ovejas. He gives Peter a brand new trajectory, a new life. And again, I think there's some rewinding going on here. Hay algo de rebobinar aquí. How? Well, it takes some imagination, but think about it. When Adam and Eve sinned, in a sense... Adam denied his wife Eve. He threw her under the bus. That woman you gave me made me do it, God. Esa mujer que me diste, dijo Adán, ella me hizo pecar. Él negó a su esposa, la abandonó. He abandoned his vocation. His vocation was to care for to protect, to feed, and to nurture Eve. Su vocación era de proteger y, y alimentar y cuidar de Eva, and he didn't do it. Jesus restores Peter, and he asks him to take on a new vocation. Take care of my bride. Take care of my church, my people. Feed them, care for them. Give your life sacrificially for this bride that I am raising up. Jesús le da a Pedro la vocación de cuidar de su novia, que es la iglesia. That's 
not natural to sinners. To look out selflessly for the interests of others, but that's what is now possible. It's not easy, but it's good. Jesus is reversing the curse that came upon Peter and giving him a whole new way to go forward. Jesús pone en reverso la maldición que experimentó Pedro para que él pudiera salir adelante. What are we seeing here? What we're seeing, I think, is this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about God reversing the curse of sin, reversing the curse of our doubt, reversing the curse of our failure to live up to what God has called us to be. La resurrección pone al reverso la maldición del pecado, la duda y nuestras fallas. And it's about God bringing us into a new relationship of love, and of trust with him. Ya tenemos una relación de amor y confianza. But I also think there's something else I, I want us to note as we're wrapping up the book of John. We said it at the beginning. The gospel of John has a lot of connections with Genesis. It's talking about creation. Juan habla mucho de Genesis, de la creación. But the gospel of John is not just talking about God's plan for creation. It's not just the plan to restore creation. No solo el plan de Dios para la creación en Juan. The gospel of John is really talking about God's plan for new creation. New creation. Se trata del plan de la nueva creación. I, uh, I like how one Bible scholar put it. Think about this. He says... Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is not the first day of the week. El domingo de resurrección, dice alguien, no es el primer día de la semana. What do you mean? I mean, Sunday's the first day of the week, right? He says, no, no. Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is not the first day of the week. No es el primer día de la semana de la resurrección. It's the eighth day. It's the eighth day. Es el octavo día. Why? God created the world in seven days. In seven days, he brought about creation. In siete días, Dios creó el mundo. But on the eighth day, he started his new creation. And the new creation begins with Resurrection Sunday, with Jesus Christ rising from the dead to start something brand new. It's not just about going back and rewinding and restoring what has been lost. It's about fast-forwarding into something brand new. La resurrección es comienzo de algo nuevo. And so in John 20, verse 31, John wraps this all up and gives us the reason why he's been writing this. He says, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life, new life in his name. Estas cosas se han escrito para que ustedes crean que Jesús es el Cristo, el Hijo de Dios, y para que al creer en su nombre tengan vida. See, when we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ, the Son of God. We are given the promise, not of just going back to the good old days of the past, not having a do-over only of the past, but we're actually being fast-forwarded 
into a new kind of life. To believe in Jesus Christ is to be fast forwarded into our future. Creer en Jesús no es solo rebobinar al pasado, sino de adelantarnos hacia el futuro. Because that's what Jesus has done. He's risen from the dead in the middle of human history to fast forward the plan of God's new creation. The resurrection of Jesus is not just going back to the way things are. Here we have a brand new kind of human being. This is the second Adam. Jesús es el segundo Adán, un nuevo ser humano. We're talking about a human being who is now incapable of sin. A human being who is now incapable of dying, of getting sick, and all these terrible things that ravage our lives. Es un ser humano que ya no peca y no puede morir. That's a whole new quality of life. Jesus didn't just revive from the dead. He rose from the dead. Transformed. And that's the pattern now that we get to live in. When you believe in Jesus, God is starting to fast forward you into a new quality of life. It starts here and it continues past our death into eternity. La resurrección es una nueva calidad, una nueva dimensión de vida que comienza ahora y va hasta la eternidad. And so it's not just today that we can say you can be free from your guilt and your shame of the past. The resurrection, yes, means that. Yes, you can be free of your guilt and shame in the past. Si puedes ser libre del pecado y la culpabilidad del pasado. Yes, that's good. You can rewind and go back and that can all be forgiven. Yes, but it's not just that. It's not just that you can be healed of past wounds and past hurts. No es solo que pueda ser sanado de heridas del pasado. It's not just that. Yes, it includes it, but there's more. To believe in Jesus means you have new life in his name and God wants to fast forward you and me into a new life, a new purpose, a new vocation. Ya tenemos una nueva vida y nuevo propósito where we are not just living to fish or fishing to live. We're not just getting up and going to work to get our daily fish so that we'll die someday. We have the opportunity, like Peter, to become fishers of people. Podemos ser pescadores de hombres y mujeres. We have the opportunity to bring the true testimony of Jesus to others. Jesus is the true testimony of God. It comes to us. We believe we enter his resurrection life and we bring a true testimony to others. And that is an adventure. That's a new life. That's not just living to get your paycheck. It's living to change the world in Jesus' name. Es vivir no solo para ganar tu pan diario, es vivir para cambiar el mundo. I, uh, uh, in recent days, came across a, a video. I'm not going to show it this morning, but you can look it up. It's a viral video, maybe you've heard of it, of this woman in, in the Ukraine. Hay un video viral de una mujer en Ucrania. And it's a picture of her coming into her house which has been bombed out. I mean, the windows are blown out. There's debris everywhere, destruction everywhere. Hay destrucción por todas partes. And she comes into this living room, 
and there's this beautiful cream-colored grand piano sitting in the middle of the living room, and she dusts the thing off. Esa mujer joven tiene un gran piano en su, en su sala. She sits down at it, and she begins to play this amazing classical music piece, this joyful, amazing music. Empieza a tocar esta música clásica y bella. In the middle of all that destruction, in the middle of all that, that hopelessness and death, she's playing this happy, amazing new song. And the contrast is like, that's crazy. El contraste es algo loco. But you see, that's what we're doing today. That's the way Christians live in the world. Because we have seen the future. And the future is Jesus. And what we are doing is we're living in the midst of a world that is bombed out by sin and destruction and death and we are living lives where we're like playing a different piece, a different piece of music. We're going to live for Jesus and give a testimony to him. The world thinks it's nuts, but we're telling them that's the future. Ese es el futuro. That's good news. So this morning I want to ask you, where does your life need rewinding? Where do you need to go back and experience the resurrection? ¿Dónde necesitas que tu vida sea rebobinada? Wherever that is, whatever past hurt, sin, failure, Jesus Christ is alive. He's here and he's now and he wants to call your name just like he did with Mary. Jesús quiere llamar tu nombre como con María. He's looking for you. Él te busca. He wants to appear to you in the middle of your doubts. You got doubts? Great. Doubt them. Let him go because Jesus knows how to appear in the middle of your doubts like he did with Thomas. Si tienes dudas, Jesús sabe aparecer y, y mostrarse como con Tomás. And Jesus stands ready to give you a whole new reason for living like he did with Peter. Jesús quiere darte otra vida como con Pedro. Here's the question. Are you willing to jump out of the boat like Peter did? Are you willing to just throw yourself out there and go after Jesus? He's on the beach. He's saying, here I am. See me. Go to him. ¿Estás listo a lanzarte de la barca para ir en pos de Jesús como con Pedro? If that's what you want, that's what we're about here. We're about following Jesus We're about marching to a different drummer and singing a different tune in our hurting and hopeless world because Jesus is alive and God is kind and he rewinds. Jesús vive y Dios es amable y él rebobina. So if you want that, I want to invite you to pray with me right now. Vamos a orar. God, thank you for this Sunday. I pray that that it is abundantly clear that what we are celebrating today is not just a date 
on the calendar that every March or April we, we kind of do this thing and then it goes away. We're talking about something that is real, palpable every single day of our lives. Esta no es una fecha solo para un día en abril. Es, es un, una manera de vivir todos los días. We thank you, Jesus, that you, you are alive. We thank you for the testimony of John to the truth. We thank you for the testimony that, that Jesus gave of the Father and of the Spirit. Gracias por el testimonio de Juan y el testimonio verdadero de Jesús, del Padre y del Espíritu. Lord, if there's somebody here this morning that's saying, I need to enter into a whole new way of living, may they simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my life and change me. Que si alguien necesita una transformación, que digan solamente, Jesús, te creo, creo que eres vivo, entra en mi vida y cámbiame. And because you are living, we believe you will do that. So Lord, we give you thanks. And we pray that in the days ahead, we may continue to play out the resurrection music of Jesus Christ by the way we live. Que podamos tocar la música de la resurrección en los días venideros. La música de Jesús resucitado en la manera que vivimos. Thank you for the help you've given us of your Holy Spirit that you have left behind for that, to give us testimony that you are real. Gracias por el Espíritu. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. And in nombre del Señor Jesús, all God's people say, Amen. Amen.